Community Matters, Saturdays, 95.3 WBCK. Brought to you by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. Episodes anytime on demand at BattleCreekPodcast.com. Joining us now on the program with our update from the Calhoun County Board of Commissioners is Vice Chair Steve Frisbee. Welcome back, Steve. Good morning. So in October, uh, folks who are curious about property taxes might be interested to know it was time to talk about apportionment and uh, property taxes in general. This is a report that you get annually, and it's a, a meeting that is required to take place. Yeah, by statute, we have to approve the report, and there was some increases. Um, there were a couple of outliers. The overall county increase in taxes was uh, about $5 million, and I think that was around 20%. Most of that is the result of the, I think it was 0.98 mills, 911 millage, uh, is where most of that came from. The only area that went down would be Emmett Township as an outlier because of the debt that they have, you know, acquired in doing their local road project. So they passed a millage to do that. They're paying off their bond over time. It's it's just a, an accounting thing that shows up as their value, land value went down a little bit. So not a big deal. Uh, overall, it's pretty balanced. And uh, I think good things for Calhoun. We continue to see good growth in the areas that we hope to see them. Mm -hmm. Were there any concerns that uh, were voiced about that report at all? No. Mr. Tom Scott is the head of our uh, equalization department. He does a great job. Matthew Hansen is a contractor who is a level four, which are uh, very difficult to find. So he's a contractor for us. He's actually Kalamazoo County equalization director. uh, And he, only level fours can do some industrial and high level business uh, evaluations. And so he has to sign off on those. But Tom Scott does the you know vast majority of that work and he's very articulate about what's changing and what's not and uh, why. So uh, he's very good at explaining things. And uh, I would, if you have any, uh, any questions, the report is available online and you can watch last night's video and hear his explanations uh, about what's going on. Yeah, good point. Uh, We say this every time, but it bears repeating that uh, Calhoun County has a terrific engagement tool on the website where you can uh, watch the meeting on demand afterward, watch it live while it's going on. The agendas, the supporting materials are all there. So it's a resource at CalhounCountyMI.gov that uh, makes it easy for folks to follow along even after the fact. And Lucy Blair, our communications director and our IT folks really, you know, were the backbone of that to make it happen and really ha- happy that that is broadcast live so people can uh, look in as we're doing our business. By the way, when you were looking for that, uh, I presume that there were developing options for such a thing. I mean, it, it, as little as a few years ago, it might not have been as easy to find the live program if you wanted it and you weren't in there in the chamber, right? Yeah. And believe me, that is well beyond my technical ability. So (laughs) we left it to the experts. Uh, But, you know, it's on the YouTube channel, I believe, as a live option, you know, stored on the website so you can go back and review everything that occurred in the meeting. Yeah. Welcome to uh, 2023, I guess. And uh, it's weird, but it works and it, it, it allows people to stay engaged. They, they know what's going on. 
Yeah, exactly. So happy to uh, remind folks about that. Speaking of uh, roads, this is something we talk about pretty often. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the improving road conditions around the area and the process by which we go through to make sure that that happens. Local road agreements are already coming in. Yeah. So the road department worked hard to get with these townships in the outlying areas, especially to say, get your projects in early. You know, we're going to have limited funds again next year of what we can do for local roads. So we have a, pro- a process that you submit them. We have a total that gets applied to them through the engineering process of uh, estimation. Um, we don't necessarily go to bid at that point, um, but an estimate so that we can divvy up based on the scoring analysis tool that we have and uh, decide which projects we're going to do. And we try to spread those out all over the county on the local road projects. So we're not where we want to be. Um, part of it is the lack of funds. And every year uh, since we've been in office and took over the road department as its own entity within the county, uh, we've moved as much money as we can from our primary system to our local road system. People feel the local roads as much as they do the primary. But the result of that is now we got to get back at some point to doing primary road work. Hopefully the legislature and the governor figure out a local appropriation out of that $9 billion that they've spent. Uh, we have not received any notification of what that is yet. And they promised some money. We don't know how much. Um, you know, rumored to be around the $350 million, which is only 3.8% of the $9 billion. Um, but that gets split split amongst 83 counties and who knows what we get. So, uh, you know, reach out to your local legislators and uh, state legislators and tell them it's important they support local infrastructure. So let's just uh, for a moment remind folks, if we could, the process here. So local roads are availing uh, local entities are availing themselves of road improvement dollars that come from the state through the county road department and to them and, and so it's sort of a fiduciary kind of role so they're stepping up now and saying to you here's what we'd like to do and here's what it costs and this is what we need have i characterized that right almost correct um the only thing missing there is in a local road situation. Public Act 51, it's it's quiet as to who, but it's always going to be the taxpayers. Uh, it's quiet to who has to match at 50, no less than 50% to resurface a local road. So that requires typically the townships or the residents to step in with petitions if they wanted to do that, um, uh, to fill that gap of that 50% funding. So we'll get our funds out of the MTF, the Michigan Transportation Fund, um, and the gas tax essentially. And that'll be our where our 50% will come from. The other half has to come out of local ta- taxpayers. It doesn't matter the method. It's going to come out of local taxpayers uh, raising funds to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. In the primary system, that responsibility is all ours as the county. So. All right. So uh, this comes together in time for 24, which then would be uh, uh, the yep. uh, uh, road assignments and repair assignments get sorted out and uh, and off we go. We've made a lot of progress in this area, though, right? Oh, tons. And, you know, we've done well over 
it's probably $220 million worth of road improvements since 2013-14, uh, mostly in the local roads and some primary roads as well. But we also have uh, better tapped into federal funds, uh, again, taxpayer dollars. But, you know, the Battle Creek Area Transportation Study is in the metropolitan Battle Creek areas, the city of Battle Creek, city of Springfield, and the metro area surrounding it. And those, a lot of those roads, which are almost exclusively primary, are eligible for federal funding for rebuild as well. So we've learned how to tap into those and the matching funds for those are typically 10% or less. Um, so roads like Capital Southwest, you know, the city did a great job of improving Capital Southwest up to the Leroy Township line. And a few years ago, that started really falling apart from the Leroy Township line down to M66 or B Drive North. Mm -hmm. um, so in the BCATS process, we lobbied for to put funds onto the rest of Capital Southwest because it's a thoroughfare into the city. And uh, everybody that's on that uh, uh, committee agreed and that was repaved. And now you have smooth sailing all the way from B Drive North to into the city on Capital Northeast, so or Capital Southwest. And so learning how to capture those funds and put them to good use uh, in high volume uh, traffic roads is, is a great thing. And that wasn't always occurring before because they didn't have, the road commission didn't even always have the 10% match to put at it. So that's some of the big changes. Who's barking right now and saying, hey, listen, uh, we haven't, been able to upgrade here and we need it or is there any place in calhoun county oh, yeah. that's behind that the most rural and less populated townships that have smaller tax bases so if they did a millage if they did a per parcel assessment um it wouldn't matter they just they can't generate as much funding as a larger township so bedford penfield emmett can generate quite a bit if you go down to clarence uh, or out to Clarence and down to Clarendon, what they can generate in a one mill or Homer, you know, it's like forty thousand dollars at the most with one mill. Well, it doesn't that doesn't do much. So it's that that whole um, you know save your dollars, put them into uh, our approach, use them wisely, and you know combine them with um, other projects that you can do together with the with the county funds and and uh, move forward. But you got to start. And every township now is actually having conversations about how do we move forward. And that's been that's been the hard thing to get done. Uh, but, you know, kudos to a couple of commissioners, uh, Diane Thompson and Tommy Miller, to getting people to the table with the county and the road department to say, how can we, you know, let's take this, we'll eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. Right. So how much of the elephant have we eaten? And then we start eating a new elephant, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, so, the, the ones they fixed yeah. now then need attention again. Yeah. So great conversations are, are being had in Bedford and Penfield as we speak about, uh, you know, I go to those township meetings and say, you invested millions of dollars, you know, in 2013 and 14, 15, 16 into your local road system. And that's great. Everybody loves it. But how do we keep them nice? So how how in the future do we, um, you know, do maintenance? And some of that is chip seal, which again is a 50-50. Yeah. But that's the best application to keep roads moving forward. And, you know, people don't like the P-stone gravel. But the reality is it does good things for road surfaces and keeps them from being filled with potholes. So mm -hmm. uh, 
good conversations going around the county now for those places about how do we maintain it. You know, I think we talked last last time about Emmett Township yeah. chip sealed some of their brand new roads. That, that's phenomenal stuff. When you can do that, you'll extend the life of that road a lot by four to six years easily. Yeah, we talked with them directly about it too here on the program and legitimately so some residents said wait a minute you just paved this road now you're doing this and and so it needed some explaining as uh as uh, emma talked about and certainly you did too that um it, it does add a a protective layer quickly and i get it i don't like driving on those either and you hear the stones in the at the onset when everything's getting packed down you hear oh. the stones clicking around in your wheel wells and things and you say uh but uh, that's temporary, and uh, and then maybe we've extended the life. MDOT talks about it a, a fair amount, too. For a couple of years now, I've been talking with them about that kind of stuff. Yeah, so Morgan Road is completed. That was a federal aid project. So the last section was done last month. So from North Avenue to Capitol Northeast, those were all federal funds, except for like a 10% match, the BCATS funds. Um, and North Avenue now from... Morgan Road south to the city limit is going to be a BCATS project, I think, next year, uh, rebuilding that and resurfacing it. So a lot of planning and you got to think, of, you know, these groups have to think four to five years out about what are we going to do with the funds that we have available. Um, and they're not growing. That's the sad part. The MTF, the fuel tax is not growing. It's pretty stagnant. So we have to find ways to do more with what we have. and. Um, sometimes that means not doing as much as we have in the past at the levels that we like to do them and get get that value. But you, you can only do so many things, and sometimes you have to settle for just just a little bit less, uh, but keep that volume going. We, you know, a lot of road miles to fix, and hopefully we can keep at it. What do you hear about the MTF and the reason why it's not growing? Uh, that's mostly gas tax related. We haven't been buying uh, electric vehicles and. In- <laughs> in droves. So that must not be it as far as the gas tax is concerned. But the cafe standards, so the standards that manufacturers must build their cars to has been increasing much over the years of the required miles per gallon. So even though we're probably driving almost as much or more than we did in the past, those newer vehicles are getting better gas mileage. So they don't buy as much fuel. And mm. that's why it's so stagnant. So it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. It tells you that the funding mechanism is is out of whack with, you know, the policy of what's going on that causes that underlying problem. So it's, it's okay to have increasing miles per gallon standards. I don't think most people would argue against that, although most people, some people would say, let me buy whatever I want. And I'm okay with that, too. If you want to get eight miles a gallon, you go for it at four dollars a gallon. I, I don't want to drive that, but, um, you know. When those policies affect the funding of your primary road funding, we got to figure out a different method. Yeah, that's a great point. Boy, uh, I bet a lot of us didn't even think about that. The greater efficiency of today's vehicles, excuse the expression, fueled by uh, cafe standards uh, is great for us. But wow, I bet a lot of us hadn't thought about how that affects the revenue this way. And then, of course, there are electric vehicles in the fleet now. Not not many, but there's enough of them. They don't pay any fuel tax. So yeah. how, do we, how do we capture, you know, but they use the road. So 
there's got to be some discussion about that of how do you how do you do that without being too intrusive and um but there you go yeah that is an interesting thought uh so if you drive an electric vehicle is there some sort of comparable tax that could be captured uh for the MTF but you can't just presume that everybody who pulls power <laughs> is driving an electric car. So it has to be equitable somehow. You could just do a flat fee per electric vehicle. Every time you renew your tabs, what's the average, you know, fuel tax that the average citizen in Michigan pays every year. And, uh, okay, there's your flat tax mm -hmm. to help support the roads that you're driving on. So, um, it, there, there has to be ways in the future to change this. And, Derek King says it the best when you start talking about changing Act 51 in Lansing. It's like putting frogs in a barrel. And what he means by that is you, you catch a frog, you put it in the barrel, and you turn because they're going to be supportive of it. You turn around and catch a couple more and you turn, you put them in the barrel and the first one's gone. Nobody, it, it's been an issue where people, you know, they talk about, yeah, we need to change it. And then they get pressured not to do it. So, Commissioner uh -huh. uh, Gary Tompkins, a former county commissioner, had a plan. And I don't know that I agreed with his plan specifically, but I agree with his premise. The whole thing's broken. It needs to be fixed. And uh, we got to get people to the table to figure that out. We'll stay in touch, of course, on this issue because we always do. There's always road stuff to talk about. So we'll see how this shakes out. So before we go, uh, last we spoke, we talked about the idea that uh, work – Work in earnest, it seems, stopped at the Marshall Megasite as it relates to the Ford plant. We've now learned here in the ensuing weeks that really battery plants are bargaining chips with the UAW and the strike yep. that continues to go on. Ford has said, hey, look, we've given you our best offer. Uh, we'll go bankrupt if we keep up this up. Um, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But uh, at the center of it is the uh, workforce that has yet to be hired at battery plants like is proposed in Marshall that uh, the UAW wants as part of the main contract. General Motors has said, OK, we'll do that. Ford has not. Uh, so we, we're sort of at a standstill right now. And, and Marshall kind of hangs in the balance. I don't know if that's a dramatic term. Maybe it's not that that dramatic but uh, what have you picked up since we talked last in some of the chat or anything nothing really has changed from the chatter i'm hearing there, again there's many prongs of decision making in in that process it's you know what's going on in the ev market what's going on with the uaw strike what's going on with cost to build um, there's so many things and you know at one point I thought there was an uh, MOU between Ford and the UAW about this local plant being UAW members. So maybe that never got followed through. I don't know. Um, again, those are private businesses. We don't we don't necessarily have the opportunity to understand or know those things, and they don't have a responsibility sometimes to give it up. Um, but I think for the future of Calhoun County, it would be good to know, uh, and it would behoove Ford to share a little bit more information moving forward. Well, they've been very calculated with what they said about Marshall, and then they've been very stalwart about being quiet 
after that. I was yeah. chatting with a yeah. Detroit auto reporter, and he said they haven't spoken to us either. So I suppose time yeah. will tell. So that tells me that negotiations are the biggest part of it because they're not going to show their hand in public when they're negotiating. Fair enough. Sounds like a good place to leave it. Steve Frisbee with our Calhoun County Board Update, just about monthly on Community Matters. Thank you, sir. Go Blue. Thank you.